Outside, Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding catch saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding catch save. Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Towels are on the seats, the lights are blinking. We're ready to go at T-Mobile Arena for game two of this West Division first round series. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, live at T-Mobile Arena. It's uh, an anticipated game, uh, a nervous game, uh, a game that uh, has many different avenues. First and foremost, uh, can the offense get going? Can the power play generate some, some good looks? But inside all of that, there's questions about Max Pacioretty. Game time decision uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And who will play goal for the Golden Knights uh, in this one? Will the rotation continue over from the regular season? Or does Pete DeBoer decide to go back to Marc-Andre Fleury? Let's start there with the goaltending and your expectations for the first player out of the tunnel. So for me, it's Marc-Andre Fleury. And again, I, I we talked about this yesterday. I don't think that there's a reaction to what happened in game one. I think that the plan is going to be followed, whatever that plan is from head coach Pete DeBoer. Uh, but I look at what Marc-Andre Fleury was able to do in game number one, and I just think that he's at the top of his game right now. He's so locked in, he's so dialed in, that Marc-Andre Fleury, if it were up to me, would get the start tonight. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was brilliant in a defeat on Sunday mm -hmm. and came up with several massive saves, not just with the glove, but uh, was also able to uh, scramble over and stop uh, Kirill Kaprizov and gave his team an opportunity to look for that, uh, that missing goal. Uh, but the rotation has been such a strong point. Uh, using the two goaltenders to your advantage has been such a uh, constant dialogue from management and, and the coach. What makes you think that they should go back to Marc-Andre Fleury instead of using that strength? Um, I, be, my, my, the only way that I can say it is you didn't lose because of goaltending, right? Like, if you lose a game because of your goaltending, if you just do not get the saves that you need in a playoff game, then I think absolutely go ahead and change something up. But for me, when, when I look at that game on Sunday – the Golden Knights were in a position to win because of their goaltending. I just think you, you go back to that. Mark andre has really been kind of that backbone, and, and he's done so much good this year, especially when Robin Leonard was out with his in injury, that I didn't see anything in his game that tells me that I'm going to make a change. And, and I think that if, you know, as, as we were trying to think – is it going to be a rotation? Are you going to go with predominantly one guy and kind of spot the other in? Um, I just think traditionally we've seen one go one guy, right? Like it's it's been like a one one A and then a one B, and you spot them in, and that's kind of what the 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 process was in the bubble last year. I so it's you think it's flipped this year? I do, I do. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury up for another year end award. Uh, we haven't even got to the Vesna, but he's, <laughs> he's won the Jennings. Uh, he's up for the Masterton Trophy. 
for perseverance and dedication to hockey. And today uh, it was announced that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is the Golden Knights nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Uh, each team has a nominee for this award, which goes to uh, the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution to his community. So a great honor from Marc-Andre Fleury, who continues to uh, rack up the accolades and now is uh, focused on this series against the Minnesota Wild. It uh, should also be noted, as everybody pays attention, that when you're at the, the morning skates, uh, to the goaltender who is uh, one first on the ice and then leaves first. And it's widely believed, uh, and tradition has uh, dictated this, that uh, the backup will stay out for, for some extra work. And uh, the player that is starting that night in goal will get off and uh, and conserve some energy. It doesn't always work that way, but uh, by and large, uh, that holds true. Uh, and Marc-Andre Fleury was the first goaltender off the ice at Sydney National Arena this morning. Yeah, and, and you know, we've seen it work out to be that way, but I, I'm not going to go crazy. I, I'm going to certainly be paying attention to warm-up, paying attention to who leads the Golden Knights out. Again, when it comes to goaltenders, I don't think that there's a wrong answer here. Because what we've seen from both guys, Robin Leonard, Marc-Andre Fleury, all year long is an ability to provide great goaltending night in and night out. Whether you go back to Marc-Andre Fleury tonight, whether you change it up and go with Robin Leonard and keep a rotation, I don't think goaltending is going to be the undoing of the Golden Knights. It's just such a strong position, and it's one that is the backbone of this team. I don't think you're going to lose a series because you're not getting saves. So the other focus is scoring some goals and finding a way to get the puck behind Cam Talbot, who was perfect in three-plus periods in game number one. Vegas got Thomas Nosek, Ryan Reeves, and Alec Martinez back from absences late in the regular season. What do we know about Max Pacioretty and his status as we count down the minutes towards game two tonight? I, I mean, we know essentially what we knew the last couple of days. He's a game time decision. That's really where we're at with Max Pacioretty. Um, I mean, Alec Martinez was termed a game time decision for Sunday's game and came out the tunnel and took warm-ups and played and played well. Um, I'd like to believe Max Pacioretty is right around the corner, and I'd like to believe that he'll play tonight. Yeah, I would, uh, I would love to be able to tell you, the listener, that Max Pacioretty has a 50% chance of playing tonight, give you some kind of gauge on the chances of him making his 2021 Stanley Cup playoff debut. But I can't. I just I don't know uh, any of the inner workings and what he's dealing with mm -hmm. and how much progress he has made in uh, in being uh, healthy enough to be able to play in the game. Uh, Pete DeBoer has stated for a while now that it's day to day and even went uh, as far as to say the other day, like he's, he's not being coy with the media. It is day to day and you find out how max is feeling when he arrives at the rink and gets his treatment and uh, and talks to uh, talks to the doctors and the therapists and that message is relayed to the coaching staff but when you're battling a situation like the golden knights did in game number one where one shot can make the difference mm -hmm. and he is your not just best goal scorer but best shooter yeah boy it would feel better knowing that he's in the lineup 100%. And, and I, I wonder, like, what's the number that Patch Reddy has to be mm -hmm. in order to get into the lineup? Like, do you need him 
85%? Do you need them 90%, 100%? Like, where do you need to be if you're... But you can't make, be a liability defensively. 100%. And, and I guess that's kind of the big question is is we we kind of know at this point that should Max Pacioretty get back in the lineup, he's probably not 100%. But how how close does he have to be in order to get in? And how much does dropping game one kind of push that timeline up? Yeah, you could you could take it as you play him on, on your power play and, and spot him in. Well, that kind of disrupts everything else. Sure. So you're not at that stage yet. You certainly weren't in game number one. And uh, I would, uh, can I be as presumptuous uh, of an announcer to say hey, you're not there in game number two yet? But you, you watched the opener, and you know that if you play in this game, you're going to take a bump or two. That's just the way this series with two big, strong teams that are the alphas are trying to establish dominance. And if Max Pacioretty, if he plays, is going to be knocked around. Yeah. And, and maybe more so uh, with the Minnesota Wild knowing that he hasn't played in a while. Uh, so there's there's that side of it. Can he be? Can he take a hit? Can he, can he survive that and still be healthy for the next game, or is it better that he stays out and continues to make progress and, and get treatment? That's the decision that I'm sure they're weighing right now, is whether uh, it's worth subjecting Max Pacioretty to the physical uh, challenges that he's going to take from the Minnesota Wild. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you're the Golden Knights, what you're hoping for is Max Pacioretty to be as close to full strength as possible and for that to happen as quickly as possible. But right now, you, you don't want to put him in a situation where you get him back for a game and then you don't have him for a while. Like, this is this is a run for the Golden Knights that's, as you mentioned, beyond just this game, beyond just this series. They have aspirations to go deep, and you're going to need Max Pacioretty healthy in order to do that. We're in the infancy yeah. of the expected run by this team. Didn't get off to the, the perfect start, but we're still in the infancy of it. Max Pacioretty is going to be a big part of any success that the Golden Knights enjoy in the next two months. There's the other side of it that you have to keep in mind as well as Pacioretty hasn't played in a while. Like to, to expect him to come back, to, even if he is in the lineup, um, you're going to have to shake off a little bit of rust. We, yeah. we haven't seen him on the ice practicing with the full group. So to come back and have that uh, it factor uh, and be able to have the, uh, the jarring impact on a positive note is, is a little far-fetched. Now, d- does Kenny have an impact? Mm-hmm. Kenny generate the, the, the biggest impact that I see him having is, is getting Stevenson and Stone going. Sure. And I think that chemistry with those, that, whether Pacioretty scores or not, I think he can make a huge impact in jump-starting Stone and Stevenson. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that line, we've seen it at various times with one of the compliments out. It's mm-hmm. just not as dynamic as yeah. it's been with all three guys in the lineup. So, you know, if you're able to jump-start Stevenson and Stone, absolutely that that is fantastic. The other thing that we always come back to with Max Pacioretty is he is – really impacting the game when he is playing on an edge, when he is playing on a line, and he is very much that physical pain to play against. If if you have him in the lineup and he's unable to do those types of things, then 
you know, it, how much of that are you are you leaving on the table just by having him in the lineup? So I, it's a, it's an interesting situation for the Golden Knights and, and one that, again, I think we're all sitting here hoping that he's close, really close, and that when he's back in the lineup, he's able to be the player that we've seen him be all season long, and that is fantastic for the Golden Knights. But you don't want to rush him back too soon and have it be ineffective either. You uh, you hope what he's he's really leaning on is can can his teammates buy him some time? Yeah, before you have to make that decision to go in at uh, at less than your optimal uh, performance and buy you some some time means getting off to a better start uh, tonight. Let's go to Pete DeBoer and his media availability. And uh, this is the the third clip, uh, Chris Chapman, just talking about uh, whether or not a fast start is imperative tonight. For sure, you know, and I, and I thought uh, we had we had those intentions in game one, just didn't finish off one of the chances we had in the first period or, you know, that, that can change the game, especially against a, a defensively structured team like uh, like Minnesota. You, you can't play the same way behind as you do uh, when you're out in front uh, defensively. So, um, you know, that's 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 going to be a key, I think, in this whole series. At confidence-wise, too, you you score first. You have that swagger. Building gets into it. We we saw. Uh, I mean, the, the advertisement for for Vegas the other night on national television was extraordinary. Uh, the rave reviews from John Forsland uh, and Joe Micheletti, mm-hmm. along with Pierre Maguire, uh, over and over complimenting the atmosphere inside T-Mobile, even though it wasn't uh, filled to to the, its uh, its full capacity. So there's there's that part, uh, the chicken or the egg. What what gets going? Do the fans get the team going? Does the team get the fans into it? And and it's probably a little bit of both uh, in the in the order of, of tonight. But ultimately, the players have to find the net to give themselves some confidence. Here's Jonathan Marshall. So uh, this is uh, clip number two, uh, Chris, just talking about the desire to score early. Oh, we need a, ma- a great start tonight. I mean, there's no, uh, we need to lead after the first period. We, uh, we need to play with the lead. We need to get it. Uh, there's no secret that we got to be ready right from the puck drop. And uh, uh, if we do that, we should be uh, in, in, in good position for the rest of the game. More urgency in that voice. Mm-hmm. Not just the words, but the tone than I expected from that answer. You know, that's, that's something that, again, like we've we've talked about on the show, the uh, the game two against Winnipeg, and Jonathan Marcheseau after game one saying we're going to be better, and then going out and having a fantastic game. This isn't really new territory for Jonathan Marcheseau, where you you have a player that's got a lot of pride in his game and in his team, and to me, those are very reminiscent of of what we got out of Marcheseau in that situation. So I'm curious to see how he plays tonight and kind of if he's able to be that spark plug early. I would love to see him in front of the net, jabbing, poking, slashing away at a potential rebound. Yeah. Now, there's not not all the time there's a rebound there. Uh, one thing that's, that's sort of taken over the game in the last 10 years is a shot will come in on the net. And the player, without even looking or seeing the puck, will just turn around and slap, slap yeah. at it. And sometimes the puck's there, and you, you're bonus. Other times the goalie's got it covered, and he gets pissed off, <laughs> and the defense gets ticked off at you doing that. I would like to see that type of presence 
from from the Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. But I would really love to see an angry, upset, feisty Jonathan Marchessault tonight. Not not crossing the line. You got to be careful with that. But but he he's been around long enough that he can he can approach that line and and he will. He has a, the ability to set the tone for this hockey club. Oh, I agree 100%, and, and I think that he will. I, I think you get those comments from Jonathan Marchessault today, you know that he has to go out there in this game and perform, right? Like, you, you can't let those words ring hollow. And if you put the, the onus on this first period and you put that much emphasis on being ahead after the first period, I would expect Jonathan Marshall to come out on fire and be among the best Golden Knights players in the first period. I think he's hunting that goal. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace here at T-Mobile Arena as they go through the rehearsals for the uh, pregame show and the uh, game uh, operations uh, show. Uh, Jeff Rubino uh, doing all kinds of brilliant work mixing the audio board. <laughs> Isn't it? Like he is truly. Chapman, you make things happen from the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, but Jeffy, during these uh, moments where they're going through the in arena rehearsals, <laughs> dude, you earn, you earn your money. Turning knobs. Turning knobs yeah. and making sure that uh, we are uh, on the air. Vegas had a lot of shots in game number one we're, we're used to to that part of it uh -huh. funny colorado and, and vegas both 40 plus shots in, in their opener colorado got more out of it uh than the golden knights and, and it creates that conversation quantity versus quality mm -hmm. and I, I like i will always take a lot of shots but there does seem to be a, a debate when you get down to a game where you fail to score here's here's pete DeBoer, uh just talking about that uh, that balance between getting pucks on the net versus waiting for a better opportunity. You know, on the shot thing, listen, there's a couple things here. Um, absolutely, we want to get more quality shots, but we still generated 40-plus shots, and, and there was quality shots in that number. Um, you know, if we had generated 15, uh, I would be a lot more concerned right now about our ability to score so you know we have to do a better job of, of generating some more quality looks and inside looks uh, you know I, I think uh, we had opportunities to finish off a couple of the quality looks we had and we wouldn't maybe be talking about this uh, right now so you know there's things to improve at but uh, the sky isn't isn't falling for sure I love that last uh, line. Just uh, calm people down a little bit. He was in a, uh, a, a casual mood today. Yeah. And I, I like that. I, I think uh, some, sometimes you can, you can tense up because you know, you know what's coming from sure. the media and yeah. the questions, and you're not probably excited to talk about shot quality and, and, uh, and some of the things that you've uh, answered uh, going back to the bubble. But I thought there was uh, just a calmness to Pete DeBoer today that may filter through his team. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're a fan listening to Pete today and, and kind of reading into the body language, this is a coach that, that understands the importance of, of this moment, understands the importance of this game, but isn't overly concerned because the process for so long for the Golden Knights had been so good. And, you know, I... I think that I, I agree with him in the sense that, you know, if the Golden Knights were held to 15 or 16 shots and zero quality chances, I, I think there's bigger questions here. But the fact that the Golden Knights were able to control play as well as they were in game one, the fact that there were some quality looks 
for the Golden Knights and the fact that they're peppering Cam Talbot, it, like you're going to take those games all day long. Now it's a matter of increasing the number of quality chances you get while still continuing to pressure all game long. That's where the Golden Knights need to be. Uh, I will be watching tonight in the first period to see how many opportunities Vegas gets, whether they recorded shots on goal or missed shots or uh, block shots, but, but attempts from within 10, 12 feet of the net. Yeah. Somebody with a presence in front of that net. Tips, shots, rebounds, but to be there. They did a good job mm-hmm. on, on Sunday of getting pucks through to the net, but there was a whole lot of one and dones there. So having somebody in the position making the the effort to get there for those uh, rebound opportunities or tip-ins uh, will be will be telling to me in the first few minutes of this game. Are you going to look at a shot chart? I will not look at a shot chart. I will use my eye test. No I, heat No heat map for you? No heat map. Just to I, reinforce hey, your eye test? I, 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 I'm on the record that the heat map is one of the most <laughs> bizarre things and useless things. I'm going to that, spam that, you that, uh, with heat maps all night. That you can spend your time on. And I had the uh, the analytics genius, uh, Mike Kelly, <laughs> Mike Kelly uh, NHL, yeah. uh, on Twitter on, on the Chirp podcast this week, and I told him the same thing. Heat maps, I don't get. I don't, need a, I don't need a heat map. And uh, give, uh, give me something else other than the heat map. And he gave me a couple of other ideas when it came to, came to analytics, but Heat map is a non-starter for me. Did he? Did he tell you you were wrong about the heat map? No, he. I think he read the room, really, and realized he wasn't going to get anywhere with the whole heat map conversation. <laughs> he was. He was very smart <laughs> to know that it was my podcast, and he read the room well, and we weren't going to go down that 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 path. So heat map is like. Seriously. So in your in red, your red, blue, yeah. yellow, I, I need colors it's, to it's tell not, me where they're shooting from. It's not your fault you can't read them. Like Just, it's it's not the fault of the heat map that you can't read it. I would rather it's valuable. Give me X's where the shots are taken from. Give me X's. I That's don't need what to the see heat maps. About. I don't need to see colors. It literally gives you a concentration on the ice of where the shots are coming from. It's weird. It's not that, that at people, all weird. It's like it's like people a are bunch, a bunch of color right in front of the net. Good. A bunch of color all the way around the zone. Bad. People who miss arts and crafts class in high school are like, I need my heat map. This is what I what I need. <laughs> um, let's go back to Jonathan Marcheseau and just uh, how you look at this team. And it, is it a cliche to say one shift, one period, one game at a time? Here's the Vegas Golden Knights forward. It's just one game. I mean, whatever the outcome. It's never over till it's over. So uh, for us tonight, we take it one game at a time. We got to focus. We got to stop focusing on what they do. We got to focus on what we can do to be successful. And we know what is that. And we got to focus on that tonight. And comes back to playing fast, getting quality shots, and getting secondary chances in front of their goalie. And if we do that, we normally we had 40 wins this year doing that. So. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if we do that, we'll be winners tonight. Uh, back to Jonathan Marcheseau. And, Chris, play the clip that was right before that, uh, talking about uh, playing with the lead. Oh, we need a, a great start tonight. I mean, there's no uh, – we need a lead after the first period. We, uh, we need to play with the lead. We need to get it. Uh, 
there's no secret that we got to be ready right from the puck drop. And uh, uh, if we do that, we should be uh, in, in, in good position for the rest of the game. So I wanted to play that again on, on top of the idea that you're playing one period at a time and trying to stay in the moment. And it is, you, you get the sense that they realize, even though it's game two of the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's some urgency to this game, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the fact that there's urgency with the players. I like the fact that there's urgency in Jonathan Marsh. So not panic, mm-hmm. but urgency. And two two different uh, takes, right? Uh, yeah. Pete DeBoer, more calm. Mm-hmm. A little more urgency from the athlete. Yeah. Which is what you'd like to see. Uh, I don't I don't mind hearing that from, from the athlete. Yeah. It concerns me when it's coming from the coach. And because that's going to filter in, and maybe from urgency you get panic uh, in the athlete. So I, th- I think the two sides of it are, are well balanced mm-hmm. uh, going in this game. Another thing Jonathan had to say today was he felt like they got a little distracted in the bubble when they played Dallas and, and got too caught up in uh, shot selection and, and getting uh, sh- shut down offensively and not being able to convert their opportunities. And he said, we, we got to wash that. We just got to play our game. And that's a cliche, playing their game. But when they do transition, there was no better team off the rush this year than the Golden Knights. Yeah. Uh, the other night, Mark Stone had uh, an opportunity where he just deked through everybody. It was, it was, a, it was like in slow motion that yeah. it happened. Yeah. But we didn't see a lot of that uh, from, from the Golden Knights and, and going up and down the ice. I think you'll see uh, a little bit more emphasis on that. Now, that starts from, from your own end. you got everybody working together. So maybe one game in, you'll see uh, a little bit more efficiency in the transition game, which will certainly help the Golden Knights because it's such a big part of their game. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that, that can really score in transition. We've seen their ability to, to convert two-on-ones, three-on-twos, look for those stretch passes to, to, to spring breakaways. So for me... If the Golden Knights are, are, are on their game and focused on playing their game, that's going to be interspersed with their ability to get pucks in deep and really live in the offensive zone. I'm, I'm curious to see how the Golden Knights take control of this game early, but I would bet, based on what we're hearing from Jonathan Marcheseau, the first five minutes, the Golden Knights are going to establish their game. They're going to focus on their game. They're going to come out. Which is what? Which is what? The Golden Knights, they're, they're going to look to stretch the ice when they can, and then they're going to look for those quality chances. They're going to get to work down low. They're going to make it hard for the Minnesota Wild to break out of their own zone. They're going to make it hard for Minnesota to advance up the ice. And I think the Golden Knights are going to do everything they can to get pucks to the net with good looks. That's what they're going to do. Uh, Mark Stone, I'm going to give you some, some numbers here after the break that will just – give you an idea of where he's come from as a sixth round pick and where he can get to if you follow his ascension uh, through the course of the the last few years of his National Hockey League career and I think he's going to have a big night tonight. Just going to fuel that fire a little bit. Plus one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League as the playoffs are in full swing. Round number one. We are live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. 
couple of score updates for you as we come to you live from T-Mobile Arena inside the fortress, just down to the, from the castle. If you're looking at the castle, we're to the left. Wave to us. Let us know that uh, you're here. And if you're uh, listening to the radio and you're getting ready, it's uh, going to be a great one. The VGK pregame show coming up at the top of the clock with Ryan Wallace and uh, the action with Dan Duba and Gary Wallace just after 7 o'clock. Uh, here's what else is happening so far tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning trying for a 2-0 series lead against the Florida Panthers have opened the scoring on Steven Stamkos first of the year. Stammer in the lineup after Kucherov dominated game one. Stamkos comes up and uh, offers up the initial stab at the Florida Panthers. The Panthers going with Chris Dreger in goal as they rotate net miters to begin the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sergei Bobrovsky backing up tonight. Surprised? Not really. No, not really. I, I mean, Dreger's been so good, and uh, you know, you, you drop game one, not because Bobrovsky wasn't good. He came up with some really good saves late, but you, you try to change a little bit if you're the, uh, if you're the Florida Panthers. And I'm, I'm locked in on this series again. Give me seven games. That's all I want. I, I don't really care who wins or loses. I just want seven games that live up to what we saw in game one. No Sam Bennett suspended for his uh, cross-state charge. <laughs> Uh, the other night in game number one, <laughs> not not cross ice. He came from the uh, from the other side of uh, of the state. I'm I'm shocked that they're going with Chris Dreger, even though that uh, he's played great. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, ten million dollars, uh, and I would have thought they would have given him a, a, another look uh, before ch changing up the goaltenders. The Pittsburgh Penguins have a two nothing lead on the New York Islanders. Brian Rust and Jeff Carter finding the net for the first time in these playoffs. Two nothing uh, for the. Pittsburgh Penguins trying to even that series. I wonder if, if they are able to hold on to this thing, whether they'll really be kicking themselves uh, after dropping the opener in overtime. Yeah, I think so. I, I looked at the Penguins. I thought they played well enough to win that game. It's uh, a goaltending not necessarily where you wanted it to be if you were the Penguins in game one. It, it cost you a win, but you know I like the fact that the process really hasn't changed much for Pittsburgh. They're up 2-0 going into the second period, and you know, it's going to come down to whether or not they can hold on to that. I think they can. Uh, Tristan Jari is back in goal for the Penguins. He was spectacular in game one, except for the weird bad shots went in. Yeah, He made all the tough saves, and then the easy ones uh, found their way in. Max uh, Legacy is the backup uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tristan Jari is out there. Uh, coaching news to tell you about outside of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Detroit Red Wings, surprising a few people, have extended Jeff Blaschel. Uh, so he's been uh, with the organization for a half dozen years. He will continue on. There's a lot of speculation that uh, Blaschel wouldn't be uh, around for this season because they struggled so much uh, a year ago uh, before the, the pause. And he's grinding one out. And Steve Eisenman uh, repaying Jeff Blaschel for, uh, th there must be a lot of great things going on behind the scenes. Because I mean, the talent with the organization isn't great. The performance on the ice hasn't been good as they go through this rebuild, but gives you an idea that, that Blaschel's been really positive and done some good things with the younger kids. Yeah, I, I also think that, you know, you're you're still in a position where you're a year or two, a couple of years away still, and, and you know, you, you got to, I think, maintaining some consistency just in terms of where you're at and what you're looking to do as far as the rebuild goes is important. And, you know, I, I don't know that 
that this is a situation where when the Red Wings turn the corner and when they are a team on the rise or a team that's knocking on the door of the playoffs or what have you, that Blashill's definitely going to be their guy. But I think right now it makes a lot of sense, and it's a patient move by Steve Eiserman. Uh, patient, yeah, personified as he tries to get this team uh, back into a, a contending status. You just don't see a lot of coaches who miss the playoffs five straight years stay on. Like yeah. that, that, that's unique. Never mind the fact that uh, that the last two seasons uh, that he was 17 and 49 and 19 and 27, but with some overtime losses thrown in there. Like it's, to me, it's surprising. Yeah. I like Jeff. Yeah, I think he's great. I'm glad that uh, that the staff minus one is is sticking around. But uh, but that's unique that that a coach will will run uh, through that type of uh, five years in a row without without making the playoffs. Score. I don't disagree. I don't disagree there. I don't. Uh, is he giving us cues in our ear? I don't know. What was that? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. That, what, Chapman, why did you say four? No, I didn't say four. You got to listen here. Score. Oh, score. Oh, it sounded that, like four that's to me. That's Jeff a, Blashill. In a building. He was asked really uh, during the season what they need to do more to win games, and his response was the one word. Score. Score. Okay, well, that, that makes sense now. There, I let it go the first time, and the second time I'm like, well, if he's giving me cues, I, I better respond to it sure in, in, well yeah i mean i, I mean I, I i said you were hot <laughs> earlier this afternoon and now i'm saying score so i mean yeah. i guess i guess you know you're, you're starting to take the cues but no nice. that's jeff blashill with a uh, one word answer thank you thanks uh, for contextualizing that yes uh the um jonathan quick is going to have shoulder surgery surgery on his shoulder it's one of those uh, great broadcaster tongue twisters What's, what's happening again? Uh, shoulder surgery. Yep. Surgery on his shoulder. You did that really well. Thank you. Good it's, job. It is one of those ones where, where you get into broadcasting and you're you're going through the highlight show and yep. something like that comes up. You will mess it up once. You'll mess it up probably a second time. You won't mess it up a third time. Shoulder surgery. Yes. Surgery on his shoulder. I, 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 when I uh, got into the uh, the veteran part of my career, I changed it from trying to challenge myself to say shoulder surgery and just went with Jonathan Quick is going to have surgery on his shoulder. <laughs> uh, the surgery will repair wear and tear that Quick has sustained uh, over the years. And they fully expect the goaltender to be back next season. Uh, and it didn't say which shoulder it was, though. If you were going to guess which shoulder... Jonathan Quick was going to have surgery on. Which one would it be? I automatically would go glove hand yep. like from the windmills. Yep. Uh, but like, can you imagine what, what Marc-Andre Fleury's shoulder well, is like well, after game one? It, it's hard, right, because you've got the windmills with the left shoulder and you've got the poke check with the right shoulder. So there's a lot of wear and tear on both. Uh, Quick's not much of a, a poke check goalie, at least I haven't, at least not in the way that Mark Andre is. So I'm going to go left shoulder. Yeah. Do some digging. Let, let, let's find out. Which shoulder is he having surgery on? Very. This is getting uh, ridiculous. Shea Weber is expected to be back in the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens for game one of their series, which starts on Thursday against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Coach Dominic Ducharme says he's very, 
very confident. But then he added, anything can happen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's a lot. I mean, nothing instills confidence like that. No, um, it's, 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 it's being coy in the playoffs. <laughs> Nobody really wants to get nailed down to give the other team any type of advantage. So he, he answers it honestly, but then tries to hold back. Uh, but anything can happen. Um, I mean, listen, we've, we've talked about it. The most Toronto way to lose is probably to Montreal in round one. So anything can happen. Carey Price played half a game last night for the Laval Rocket against yeah. the Toronto Marlies, yeah. which is interesting. He's playing the minor league affiliate of the team that he's about to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Price is coming off a uh, concussion. He got uh, 32 minutes uh, of game time in. Uh, it sounds like that was the plan for him to come out uh, halfway through the game, allowed a couple of goals, uh, and now we wait and see whether Carey Price is going to be the goaltender of record. Uh, or whether it would be Jake Allen to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. We already know it's Jack Campbell for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, with Frederick Anderson expected to back up in that. Uh, we go all the way through this season, and could it be that the Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, start their first series since 1979, and Jack Campbell against somebody that uh, was acquired just to provide depth in, in Jake Allen? That'll be a, a fun one to watch. Yeah, I'm here for that. Mm -hmm. Like that, that would be intriguing, and and it's it's only later on in the series that you get Frederick Anderson and, and Carey Price. That'd be interesting. And when you make that change? Yeah, I don't know. I, if, if somebody keeps winning, <laughs> like if Jake Allen wins a couple of games, yeah, do you make a change in goal? That would be. I'm oh. I'm cheering for Montreal to win with Jake Allen <laughs> just to witness what the Montreal fan base would do in, in that case. I I don't know what they would do, but that would be fascinating. Darren, you're just that guy. I am. Stirring the pot. Looking for a little chaos. So here's my Mark Stone note Okay, that I plugged. Let's go. I'm talking about uh, his ascension to superstardom. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, 2017, 54 points. He was 67 in league point production. 67. A year later, this is the first year of the uh, the Golden Knights franchise, jumped up to 63rd in points. 2019, 44th. Traded to the uh, the Golden Knights. Last year, 27th. So he's gone 67, yep. 63, 44, 27, and this year, 12th. Actually tied for 11th, but 12th officially. Sure. That's an incredible rise. Yeah. You don't usually see that steady, incremental chart. Now this is a graph that I like to see in analytics. Not your heat map, <laughs> but, but, a, but a graph that goes up. It's So at every point you go, is that the peak? Mm -hmm. You hope it's not, but you get to around 27. You wonder, you probably hover around there. And I always said, Mark Stone, top 15, Selkie, yep. good. He's now 12. Can he bump that up a notch? If you bump that up a notch and you're inside the top 10, which be close to, to a top five point producer, you're a superstar. Yeah, 100%, and, and, and even if, even if you can't bump it up, but if mm -hmm. this is kind of where Mark Stone is, 
over the next five or six years. The Golden Knights are, are in really, really good shape with him in, in and around top 15 in scoring in the league. And, you know, I, I think the hope, obviously, is that you continue that up, upward trajectory from 27 to 12. That's that's a big, big, big jump, jump after yeah. after two years of big jumps. Um, I'm curious. I can't wait to see what, what Mark Stone does next season. But focus right now for the Golden Knights is how, how does Mark Stone help this team get 16 wins? How does he score the goal that puts this team and this building into a raucous environment? Well, the other night, he had an amazing look off a face-off yeah. and just put it over the net on Cam Talbot. And I'm not sure you get many better looks than that until he came down and deked through everybody <laughs> and, and just got stuffed going to the forehand. I thought Mark Stone played okay the other night. The line as a whole didn't have as much of a presence, but there's a like you get two looks like that, that's pretty good for, for one game. Can they take it up another notch tonight? If Pacioretty doesn't play, who's on the wing? We'll take a break, we'll come back with that, plus catching up with Chapman as we continue to tee things up. The doors are open here at T-Mobile. Looking forward to it. It's the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I'm a person during the regular season. I'll try and get to the game right on time if I'm attending uh, a sporting event. Mm -hmm. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, watching these people come in, the doors just opened at T-Mobile Arena as we broadcast uh, to you from high atop in Section 104 overlooking the ice. I love what they're doing. Getting here early, mm -hmm. sit in your seat, yep. take it in, yep. get ready for the game. This, for a playoff game, is what I would do. I wonder if they're talking about Max Pacioretty, whether he's going to play tonight. Probably. I have no clue whether he's going to be in or out. That makes two of us. If he doesn't play, what would you do with that wing position on the top line? So conservatively it would be either alex tuck or it would be matthias yanmark aggressively given the comments from jonathan marcheso i'd go with jonathan marcheso chandler stevenson and mark stone just to change it up just to get a wrinkle just to see if that can be the spark that stevenson and stone could really jump off from i like bold thinking too early in the series for that i don't disagree with you mm. but if you're asking me like yeah. what what i think would have the most impact it would be that. Yeah, no no wrong answer there. I asked yeah. you the question. You gave yeah. me the uh, the answer. Uh, Chapman, let's turn it over to you. Okay. Well, I uh, took a vacation day yesterday, decided to take a day off because my son, who I will always brag about, Kingston, he is a member of the Las Vegas Youth Orchestra. He plays the tuba. And they had a concert, their final concert of the, uh, the, the school year. And uh, so I took the day off, got to go check him out playing a bunch of songs. They played uh, some, some superhero songs. songs. Right? Well, some superhero songs. song called Ruckus. I can't remember the name of the other song that they played. But, uh, yeah, I always like to brag. Very proud of the fact that my son is uh, very musically gifted and uh, something I'm, I'm very happy about. I'm, I'm glad he's found something like that that he enjoys. And uh, Did you ever figure out what you had to pay the $45 for? Still, still, I, I know I had to sign a permission slip. <laughs> I, I still, no, they do, they do some stuff in the community. They uh, are very involved, apparently, with charity work. So, uh, so very so, involved, apparently. Yeah, so somehow I, says. I had to pay $45 for him to do charity work. So. 
Well done. Yeah. yeah. Good job. So, so, you know what I got out of that? I still you, don't know. You still don't know. No. You got, you got no clue. <laughs> no but idea. The, but, but, but they played a bunch of songs. Yes. Three songs, and then <laughs> the other kids played some. Wait a minute, only three? Uh, yeah, but they were long songs. That's not a bunch. That's not a bunch. That's a, that's a handful. You didn't say a handful. Handful is less than a bunch. What? How bunch. many is a bunch of bananas? Uh, we got to go. Free game shows coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game two, Minnesota, Vegas.